Uh, if you'd like to make a contribution, that's uh, box 361, Winber, PA, and it's make your checks payable to Winber Assembly, box 361, Winber, PA, 15963. Today, uh, the title of my message is The Difference Maker. <laughs> the Difference Maker. Now, did, did you ever wonder that uh, maybe I'm not qualified to make a difference, <laughs> you know? And qualifications, we, we are looking for some type of certificate that says, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm capable of making uh, a difference because I have a certificate. Well, we know that there are many people who have certificates that they don't make a positive difference. <laughs> so, so we look at our life and we're saying the difference maker and the difference maker is Jesus Christ and that there is a divine purpose for us to become a difference maker. <laughs> there is a divine purpose for us to be um, the difference maker or to make a difference. Um, to everything, Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heavens. So to be a qualified difference maker, we need to have wisdom and understanding. That's last week's sermon. <laughs> we need to have wisdom and understanding. Wisdom, of course, is the application of truth, uh, and understanding is the, um, maybe that's the opposite way. I, I forgot my last week's sermon, huh? Wisdom is uh, being able to know what the truth is, being able to see it, and understanding is knowing how to make the application. So we, we perceive, we're able to know what the perceived intention is in following through with something. So we are to understand that there's more to life, meaning the difference maker, there's more to life than me. <laughs> the big I. You know, the me first syndrome. <laughs> Looking at life from the eyes of me and mine and what I can get out of this. You know, whenever we uh, look at these things, the, uh, I was looking at some of the illustration I had, but you know, in ancient times, in ancient times, they used to think that the earth was the center of the universe and the sun revolved around it. And whenever people came up with the idea that the sun was the center of the universe, they would imprison them. <laughs> you know, it was heresy. So whenever we are looking at that, we, we are not the center of, of the universe. We, some people would want to maybe throw, throw, throw me in prison. But uh, we are not the center of the universe. God is the center of our lives. And, you know, there's a, a saying. There's, it says, um, the people who see themselves as the center of the universe, I want to be in a position. I want to have position. I want people to follow me. But you know what? I want to become a person whom people will want to follow. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. So we find that to the difference maker is not about positional leadership. It's not about the position that we occupy. It's how much of an influence are we are, how much of an influence do we have in the lives of the people around us. To everything there is a season. To everything there is a season. In everything, Bible says, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And I've been emphasizing this in Sunday school and church the last few weeks. And whenever we are looking at giving thanks, 
it is setting up an expectation for whatever it is that we are encountering to come out to the good. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. So I'm asking God for his will to be accomplished in this difficult place that I am at so that I can become what God wants me to do, to be. Seasons in nature. <laughs> well, we're in an area that we have uh, four seasons. They're not a singing group. They are a singing group, but it's not the, that's not what I'm referring to. <laughs> The four seasons are, right now we're thinking fall has already hit us, but it hasn't. It's still summer, fall, winter, and spring. And they are marked by particular weather patterns. They're marked by the hours of daylight that we have. And it's all um, caused by the rotation of the earth and the tilting of the earth in, in relationship to the sun. So each season then, as we look at it, has a purpose. Each time of the year, each weather patterns, all controlled by the rotation of the earth. So seasons come and go. They progress, they change with time. It is what we call the cycle of, of a year, a yearly cycle. And the text that we reread says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose. A time to every purpose. The uh, Jewish Bible says, a right time for every intention under heaven. There is a right time for every intention. The intent of our heart. That there is a, the, the God would grant us the desires, the intent of our heart. So in, as we're looking at this and, and getting or becoming this relationship with God and relationship with others, we find that God is intent on bringing about our intentions of communicating him with other people. You know, we watched uh, the Sight and Sound uh, Easter, Easter, Esther <laughs> production the other night. And the story of Esther is one of the great stories of the Bible. And Esther is being raised by her uncle uh, Mordecai in the, in the Persian king of Zuza. And the queen has lost favor with the king because she decided to, uh, didn't want to attend a, a royal banquet. Now, whenever we read the life of Esther and we see this production, and if you haven't, it's on again tonight. If you have, what is it, Wi-Fi access? It's a paid presentation, but you have to go on sight and sound uh, television in, the, in your Wi-Fi and anyhow... It will, it will come through this evening. But um, Esther, she positioned, when she was in this place, she is a, a, a young Jewish girl. Um, her parents have died. She's being raised by her uh, uncle Mordecai. I believe he's uncle. And anyhow, she has this, you know, she's, <laughs> if it wasn't for her uncle, she'd be destitute and out on the street. So we have her in this position but whenever she is going through this whole process, she positions other people first. <laughs> you know, she has to deal with the concerns in the, you know, of her own life, but we find as she moves through these things, she is positioning herself to take care of other people. So we can, can we believe that each life is an exact purpose? 
Can we believe that each of our lives and each of the situations that we are going through have an exacting purpose for us? That each life is planned by God. And even though he does not plan for our failures, he plans for our success. He plans for our redemption. He plans to bring us out of these difficulties and he has a purpose and a plan through all of this thing. So look around you. Look at the care God has, I like this, this phrase, laced. <laughs> you know, you lace your shoes. That God has laced every detail of your life with. Well, you know, we, you don't understand my life. I've got this problem. I've done that wrong. I'm doing this wrong. God isn't talking about what you've done wrong. He's talking about what he can accomplish by making things right. You see, Esther, her, her parents died. She was an orphan. And it would seem that there was, this was laced into her life. But it was part of who she was and it was part of what would accomplish in making her great. You look at the life of Joseph. Joseph was kind of the same way. He was the favorite son of his father. And his brother sold him into, as a slave. He was, you know, they told father he's dead. <laughs> they sold him as a slave, profited the change, you know, took the money. We would look at this and how is this good? Well, God, ha God has a way of bringing things around. And in our life, as we look around our lives and look at the laced encounters that we have, in, that we have God is at work in all of these things whether we've made wrong choices or other people have made wrong choices that have influenced us, it's what's the, what's the attitude of the heart in moving forward from where we are at? No day, no hour, no event. It's without purpose. And when I was writing that and I was putting it down and I was looking at this, it's like, no hour, no event. It's without purpose. It's like, you mean all the munitia, the, anyhow, the little details of my life? Minertia? Is that what it is? Anyhow, that all the little things of my life are important? They make a difference? You mean every second of a minute, every minute of an hour, every hour of the day? Every hour of the night, somehow, some way, these are things that God is putting together to make a purpose? <laughs> well, remember the story of the twins? The, uh, the um, pessimist and the optimist? The pes they went to the doctor because one child was just, you know, overly joyed about everything, and the other child was totally depressed about everything, you know. So the, the pessimist the, the, talked to the doctor, and the doctor says, you know, for the, for the pessimist, I want you to look and see if we can find something that will, that will grab him to the point of making him happy or be a, be, move away from this pessimism that he has. So they brought and bought him presents. They, they wrapped him. They brought him clothes. And they brought him anything and everything they could think of that he, that he would want. And he would open it up and he'd open up every package. It's like, oh, I, I don't like the color. <laughs> oh, I, I, it's the wrong company. Oh, it's not really for me. 
somebody else has something like this. And they just go through all of these things. There was not one thing in the entire uh, collection of gifts that his, the parents had given him that he was excited about. It was just like, bah, 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 you know, baha, you know. What's, what's life? Well, then the pessimistic child, they got a cardboard box and they put horse manure in it. <laughs> and they gave it to the boy and the optimistic boy and he's dancing around the room. He's so excited. And they said, well, what are you so excited about? It's a box of horse manure. He said, with this much manure, there's got to be a pony somewhere. You see, God will not, will not override your will. <laughs> if everything in life is against you, every person in life you meet has a problem with you, if you have a problem with everybody in life, God will not override who you are. He will present to, to us the ability to change. He will present to us the ability and the desire to give thanks. Because God is laced in every part of our lives. And we've got to see his hand and listen to his voice, the word, the scriptures, and the Holy Spirit speaking to us because he does speak to us. Ron and I were talking the other day and we were remembering some individuals that were kind of like uh, the poster child of change. And there were at least three that we were remembering and speaking of. And the three of them, they, they did not have their parents. Um, some of them were abandoned by both of them. But, you know, all of them made it, what we would call making it. They made it on their own. They worked while they attended high school. Every night they had to work because if they wanted any spending money, they had to earn it. They worked their way through a trade school. They worked their way through college. And there are at least three of the individuals we were speaking of now have really good jobs with degrees, you know, college degrees. And none of their parents went to college. And none of their parents had a steady income. So we look at this and you find that there are people that have every opportunity and make nothing out of it. And there are people who have no opportunity and make something out of it. So in our lives, we are, we're caught with this idea that interlaced in, in us as an individual, we are to, God has given us the ability to make a difference. <laughs> the seasons of life are often marked with adversity. Some people give up. Summer can have droughts, hurricanes, tornadoes. Fall can have an early frost or freeze or ice storms in which it storms and the leaves aren't off the trees as a few years ago and all the trees shatter and break and close the roads. Winter can have extra cold weather or it can be too mild or it can be blizzards. Spring can appear never to come or it's too warm and all the, the, earth, the trees blossom and then the freeze comes and kills all the fruit as we have this year with the peach trees. Seasons can also bring the expected forecast of 
a nice summer with nice rain and fall when it shows up. The colors are brilliant and they last for weeks. And I mean, some, some seasons are just what we expect them to be and some are disastrous. But what do we have? A time for each to have its purpose. <laughs> a time, a season is to have its purpose. And we have seasons of our life. Sometimes they're on yearly cycles, sometimes they're on 50-year cycles. <laughs> but we have seasons of our life, and every one of them has a purpose. So each person is created with the divine. Each person is created with a divine purpose in mind. <laughs> each person is, is designed with a divine purpose in mind. All the talents, the abilities, the personality, physical, mental, spiritual traits, your giftings have been placed in you for a divine purpose. Now, if you say you don't have any, you haven't opened up the, the jar yet because everyone has them. Everyone has them. <laughs> Sometimes we think of position. If I was in a better position... I could have influence. But you know what? It's not position. It's relationship. God, who rules the earth, who created it and rules all things, what does he have? He has a relationship with us. He doesn't rule us. He gives us choices. Jesus Christ leads us into heaven. If he were ruling us, we'd have no choice. The enemy of our soul, the, he wants to dictate by lies and, and influence us to do wrong and all that kind of garbage. But we are in the right place to influence. Now, if we're in the right place to be influenced, what does God have in mind? Well, first of all, God is purposeful. God has a purpose for everything he does. Ecclesiastes 11.5 says, as you, do, as you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. It isn't like we understand. <laughs> if you're looking for understanding and how this is all going to work out, it doesn't go that way. It calls for us to look at the text, the scriptures, and to have faith in them. Look at Esther. <laughs> Who could have imagined that this orphan Jewish girl would be queen of the Persian Empire? I mean, how could this ever happen? <laughs> you would, if you walked up to Esther as a child or, or as this teenager in the, in the Jewish area of Persia and looked to her and you would say to her, where, you know... <laughs> Where's your life? You're, you're going to be queen someday. They'd all laughed at you. But you see, what is God's intention for you? So before looking in the mirror, consider God first. What is God's character? Number one, God is unchanging. From the beginning of time, he's had one goal in mind, for you to spend an eternity with him. He purposely made a way for us to find a way back to him. To find a way in which we could live with God and God could live with us. 
God has not changed his mind about you. God's purpose is still in place for each of our lives. When we grumble and complain about life, I used this in the Sunday school lesson, but I'd never thought of it in this, in this way before. When we grumble and complain about life, that grumbling is not an assessment of the past and the present. It is an expectation of what is to come. Because when we grumble and complain about today and yesterday, we believe that God somehow has lost control of it and he then has lost control of our future. So the idea that God is telling us in everything give thanks, God, we, are, we are setting ourselves up to be victorious over life today with an expectation of what God is going to do in the future. But when we're grumbling and complaining, we are saying to, that God somehow has lost control and I have, I have the ability to kick God out of my life and my life will be in chaos because that's how I want it. God has not changed his mind about you. But what about our failures? What about our sins? What about our past grumbling? I said past grumbling. Past grumbling. Okay. You're supposed to say amen, preacher. <laughs> what about our past? Well, I want to know what about our future. God wants to know about your future. What are you going to do with what you have? How are you going to take who you are and make it into what God, and allow God to make it into what he wants you to be? You see, our failures do not define us. <laughs> what defines us is our next victory. <laughs> One guy said, well, how was your sermon last week? What's your best sermon? <laughs> that was it. What is your best sermon? And the preacher said, my next one. <laughs> my next one. And some of you are saying, it better be his next one. This is a real joke. <laughs> That's those, remember those two guys in the Muppets that are up in the, up in the, up in the stand, you know? Did you like that one? No. Well, why'd you come? I don't know. <laughs> I can see this is going nowhere, you know? They always have those derogatory comments. So, but you see how easy it is for us to somehow undermine, even in, you know, in me being a joking way, but yet it's still undermining, as it were, the good things that God wants to do. Don't do that. David, don't do that. See, God's telling me. Don't do that. So 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, But as, as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. You haven't even begun to think about the greatness that God has for you and your life. The word also gives us hope on our journey to what God is about to do, what God has in, what God has in store for us. So we can trust that our lives will make a difference. We can trust God is making a difference in us and in the lives around us. Every life has a purpose. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. <laughs> I mean, that just doesn't compute, you know? It's like, what? 
You know, we weren't able to make choices back then. Do you remember making choices in the womb? <laughs> you know, while I was yet in my mother's womb, I was contemplating life. <laughs> How can I get out of this place, you know? <laughs> How can I escape this place where I'm trapped, you know? We're not like um, baby sharks. Do you know ba- sharks in their mother's womb will eat their brothers and sisters? <laughs> you know? Even in, their wo- even in the wombs, they're cannibals. You know? They're eating one another. It's just in their nature to kill. But it's not in our nature to kill and to destroy. That is not our nature. It is the nature of evil that wants to influence our lives. The nature of God is love and joy and peace. It is forgiveness and restoration. God wants to restore to us what the enemy has stolen. Genesis, we said in the Sunday school lesson, what did I say, 88 times? I can't remember the exact, 80 times that uh, it uses the word blessing in the book of Genesis. So, (sighs) Esther was destined to be queen. But God's ways are not our ways. And Esther, she was, you know, if you go and watch the play and go to the theater to see it, you'll find that God has a way of taking us from where we are to where we need to be. And sometimes it's in a way that we never planned. Circumstances will take us from one place to another. People will take us one place to another. Situations in life will take us from one place to another. And there we find ourselves right in the place where God wants us to be. (laughs) For Esther, there was an enemy of the Jewish people. And he wanted to destroy them. But (laughs) Queen Esther, she was able to to, um, undermine the plots. (laughs) And Haman, who had created a hanging... Haman, the hang, Haman and the hangman, he had uh, created a, he, he wanted to kill all the Jewish people, but he ended up hanging on his own gallows. But you see, evil has a way of destroying itself. God's goodness has a way of building oneself. This isn't about how we're going to get rich quick. It's about how we're going to be safe in this life and for eternity. That should Jesus return today, we will go home to heaven with him. Should we die today, we are going to go to heaven with him. That our, 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 our fate is sealed because we are in Jesus Christ and he, he is in us. <laughs> he has begun a good work in you. <laughs> there is a divine time for us. <laughs> a time for us. Romans 12, 21 says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Psalm 1, 1 to 6, blessed is the man. You see, here's, our, here's choices. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in this law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Fruit, season, Growth, development, 
It's a natural thing for a tree, a fruit tree, to grow and develop because it's planted by the river. It's a natural thing for you and I to grow and to be influencers for God because we grow, we receive our life from the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit moves through us. God is divine. We are the branches. You know, the fruit that we produce is, is eternal, and it blesses other people. Psalm 37 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Do dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. One other. Psalm 100. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness, his faithfulness to all generations. So we all have a divine opportunity. We all have a divine time to do good. We all are in a position, in a place to influence people for good. Did you know that your presence brings peace to people who are in turmoil? Because you bring God there. Because God is with you. He doesn't leave you in those places. You know, over and over again, I've been with people in difficult places. And they want me just to show up. Pastor, can you come and show, just be here, because your presence helps us to be at peace. <laughs> it's not me, it's God. And in church, coming to church, it isn't that the church building, the structure, it's God in his presence. God is here in his people. And God's people brings us to a position of peace and understanding and love and forgiveness. <laughs> and I like my... This last, I said, purposeful people placement. <laughs> purposeful people placement. God has, has a place for everyone in our lives. Some of the people that are in our lives need to be dismissed. <laughs> That's their place. And some people need to be closer. Esther would have never arrived in the right place if it had not been for Mordecai. Ephesians says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. <laughs> wait, wait, you, you, look. God has prepared in advance for us to do. While you were yet in your mother's womb, God formed you, put these things in place. God is eternal. He, is not, he does not remember the past or see into the future. God is part, he knows all things. And so while we were yet in our mother's womb, he created us and had a plan for us, a purpose for us. And here in Ephesians, he, Jesus, he says that created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance. So we are walking into the opportunities, the positional places where God is going to do good works in our life. So are we looking for them, and are we giving thanks in all things? I'll close with this. Jeremiah 18. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled or marred in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as that seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, 
Can I not do with you as the potter has done, declares the Lord? Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. And you see, we are the clay. And there is a divine hands, the divine hands of God, the hands nailed to the cross, are upon our lives. <laughs> and we may feel like we're spinning around in this world. But you know, it takes that to bring us to this. <laughs> it takes that to bring us to this. In everything give thanks. There is a place for us. <laughs> there is a purpose for us. There is a divine time for us. There is a divine relationship for us. We went through that to bring us to this. <laughs> and so here we are on the verge of the opportunity to do good, on the, on the cusp of being able to see that there is the hand of God upon our life and that he is molding us and making us, not by the circumstances of life, but by the word of God and by his spirit. He touches our lives and he qualifies us to make a difference. <laughs> Why? Because God has made a difference in you. That's where it begins. Shall we pray? Father, you are the difference maker. You are the one, your spirit touches our lives. And God, we are made whole. We are forgiven. We are restored. We are brought to a place where we, are, we recognize that you are with us. We are with you. And that there are divine opportunities around us interlaced into every part of who we are. So God, here we are, this vessel of clay. Let us be pliable to your hand. Mold us, O oh God. Mold us by your word. And maybe the, may the events of life and the circumstances that we live in, God, may we shape them by your spirit, by our attitude about them. Because in all things we will thank you. Because you are in control of all things. And you will cause this that we give thanks to and for to work out to a divine good. Amen? God, make it work out to divine good. We give you thanks. <laughs> Amen. God bless you.